I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Little Word Association, the Houston Texans, their leading candidate now emerging. I say discourage. I go back to disappointment. Discourage. Wait, 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 wait. What happened to Josh McCown? (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know. Apparently, the Houston Texans, who are a mess, by the way, um, they still haven't hired a head coach. There's still about three teams that haven't. We'll get into the coaching situation here in a minute. But apparently, um, there are reports as we do this podcast Monday for Tuesday, Monday night, that Josh McCown no longer perhaps under consideration. Of course, I don't know. I'm not sure why he was to begin with, and I love – when I say I love Josh McCown, I love me some Josh McCown. He was only here for one year as a player. Let me tell you, there's no better stand-up dude in the NFL, man. And this guy had, like, he wasn't a great starting quarterback, that's to say the least. But he had, like, he was with, like, six or seven different teams, right? Like, mm-hmm. he could absolutely get it done coming off the bench. Hell, coming off the couch if he had to because he was that smart. He knew that much football, and he was athletic beyond his years. I mean, the dude could, like, standing, you know, dunk backwards on, on, you know, he's like phenomenal athlete, just sick athlete. But Josh McCown coaching an NFL team with really virtually no coaching experience outside of, say, high school um, just struck me as odd, to say the very least, with all the candidates that are out there, the Eric Bieniemies and, you know, guys that have you know, put in their time as head coaches. Uh, the, you know, and Brian Flores is allegedly still sort of a finalist, but the the latest reports out of Houston and my good friend John McClain and others, according to my sources, looks like Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith was the Texans defensive coordinator last year. Of course, former Illinois coach, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, and then his most success came with the Chicago Bears uh, for the longest of times, nine seasons there. But Lovey Smith, really? That's that's the direction you're headed as the Houston Texans? I mean. And look, I, I got along with him as much as anybody else. I was convinced that when he left, it was a good thing for, for the Bucks, probably a good thing for the NFL. And, and it just seemed like, you know, with Lovey, and I still love what he, I love what he stands for. I would send my kid there to play, play for him at any college. There's no question about that. It's just that in building a staff, he had, he had a lot more trouble because the longer he was in the league – the only guys that he would hire were guys that had coached with him in Chicago for those nine seasons or former players that had played for him and then eventually made it to coaching. And he just, it didn't seem like he moved the ball into the next, you know, generation of, of, uh, you know, schemes and offense and defense and stuff like this. I could be totally wrong. I could, I mean, Lovey Smith has forgotten more football than I will ever learn. I will grant you that. But in the 11th hour, the Houston Texans moving to a guy that they could have interviewed anytime because he's on their staff, right? And now you're going to turn to him, and it looks like he might be the guy who's getting the job. 
Where did that come from, for goodness sakes? Well, was it they didn't like any of the other candidates? Although Adam Schefter reporting Texans believe McCown will be a great head coach, but just not today. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe whatever staff he was going to put together or the experience scared him off. Maybe. But, you know, or maybe Lovey was always one of the finalists you just didn't hear about. They didn't have to ask permission to interview him. Yeah, that's you, true. You know, all that stuff that goes on in the public and the Schefters and everybody else reporting, that can go completely under the radar because he was on staff. That's true. You know, No one had that's to know true. that you interviewed him. Maybe he was a finalist all along. And the Texans Perhaps. were able to keep that pretty quiet. I mean, it's funny because you know they, they think Josh McCown might be a good head coach one day. Mm-hmm. I thought Lovey Smith used to be a good coach, coach back in the day. <laughs> so, you know. But he was, but he was, he was a head coach, and he was mm-hmm. successful. I don't know. Listen, um, who am I to judge? Right uh, when he got here, this franchise was a mess. It was after Greg Schiano, Shawshank Schiano, whatever. Um, you know, the building was on fire with Mercer. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, you had no quarterback. Mike Glennon was the guy that Schiano wanted to be a starter. So Lovey brought in, you know, Josh McCown because he knew him, and 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 Josh. You know, on a team where you have a lot of pieces around you, Josh is very was very functional and, and won some games. But in this situation, I think they started one and eight. And I remember, I forget what team they they lost to to get to one and eight. But it was a horrific start, and it, it was even a worse finish. And that led to the Bucks having the first overall pick the next year, and they took Jameis Winston. But it was the crying game. You know, Josh was so invested in trying to win and. He got a chance to be a starting quarterback at an age where he thought that wouldn't happen again. And then they went out there and they went one and eight. And I just remember coming in after the game and he was teary eyed and he was like, you know, why are you so emotional? He's like one and eight, one and eight. I don't want to, nobody wants to be one and eight. So he kind of knew it was over for him and it was. Um, but again, I listen, I, if he wants to coach Josh McCown will be successful. There's no question about that at some point if and when he gets his chance. Brian Flores was supposedly in this thing as a finalist too. And we know, you know, he's got a pending now lawsuit against the NFL for, you know, their discriminatory practices in terms of hiring uh, minority coaches, all that stuff. Also accused owner Stephen Ross of the Dolphins of offering him $100,000 to lose, not win, but to lose games, which is, holy cow. You know, that was the other thing that happened over the weekend. You know, when this happened, and Brian Flores filed his lawsuit. And I guess they're not both le- both mutually exclusive, but when he filed his lawsuit, it took about mm, two, three hours. The NFL came out with a statement and said, this is without merit. This lawsuit is completely without merit. And then over the weekend, uh, I'm uh, headed to the bank, and I look down at my phone, and it's like the NFL has sent a memo to all its teams around the league saying basically, yeah, we've done a really crappy job with hiring guys of color or, or minorities or whatnot, and uh, we're going to have some independent investigator on all these other issues. Like, what happened to without merit? Um, so they do they do know they have at least an optics problem to the, at the very least, but, you know, it was just sort of it, – it wasn't a complete flip-flop, but it was just sort of funny, the tone uh, between without merit and then, yeah, we have a problem. He sent – Rodriguez sent memos to uh, – in the entire league so now um how many jobs we got i mean we don't know that that uh by, by this morning maybe lovey smith will have the job with the texans we'll mm-hmm. see 
looks like Mike McDaniel is going from San Francisco's offense coordinator to the Miami Dolphins. That's correct. So that leaves just the Saints with an open position. The Saints have the opening. And, and from what I understand, they had asked for permission to talk to Byron Leftwich. I have not seen actually reports where he actually interviewed with them. I don't know that he has or he hasn't. But they're also, I mean, to me, the Saints have a really good in-house candidate, Dennis Allen. I I don't know why. And look, I mean, you got to have an offensive guy and you don't have a quarterback. And that's those are all, you know, organizational problems and issues for sure. All I know is Dennis Allen has a really good defense. He does a really good job. And when he came down here, he destroyed. And I mean, that game, the nine to nothing game, where three of the Bucks' biggest you know producers on offense got knocked out within about ten plays. That that game destroyed the Bucks and their chances in the postseason. Tom Brady would still be playing this week, I believe, if that game had never happened or hadn't happened the way it did. And Sean Payton wasn't at that game. He was not coaching. It was Dennis Allen was pulling the strings and he and he shut out the Bucks. I think Dennis Allen deserves another chance. I don't know if they'll hire him, but it seems it seems like the right thing to do. So you got you got the Saints, obviously, like you mentioned, and if Lovey goes to Texas and well, here, here's a question. goes to Miami. And kind of getting off topic, but if Lovey goes to Texas or the, the Texans, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Could there you be a reunion? It. Sure. Why not? What that to me that would make a lot of sense. I mean, Jameis is better than any quarterback they had last year. Well, I mean, they had the, they had the kid from from Stanford, mm-hmm. um, and he played okay. Yeah. But if you're looking to find a, a veteran with some upside, if you're not going to play Deshaun Watson, if you're not right, well, I, I'm going to assume they're going to trade him this year because they couldn't get the you know what they thought he was worth a year ago. I think you'd be foolish to try to hold him over at the kind of salary that he's he's making now. So, I mean, I do think he's sort of set up to trade, although obviously teams are going to try to hold him up because they don't know what Deshaun Watson's availability is going to be because mm-hmm. the league, you know, hasn't um, come down on him and, and issued any, any suspension, but he does have a bunch of pending litigation, civil litigation, whatnot. So you're taking a risk still, but the draft is upcoming. So now is the time uh, for the Houston Texans to mac- maximize value for Deshaun Watson, who they paid like $40, $45 million to, do, to be inactive every year or every game last year. I st- Listen, you tell me, and, and I'm not – the morality police, I think, have left the station in Tampa a long time ago, didn't they? I mean, you drafted Jameis Winston. He certainly had an issue coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big settlement uh, with an accuser. Uh, somebody accused him of sexual assault coming out of school. And then you had him getting suspended three games, uh, again, for allegedly uh, violating the player conduct policy with an Uber driver. And then you had last, you know, two years ago, you had Antonio Brown, who, you know, basically is on probation because he assaulted a tow truck driver. They signed him for eight games and won a Super Bowl, re-signed him. He got hurt, came back, played then did the strip tease thing, you know, and was released the second year. So, you know, we're not – listen, the bar's not real high here. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what Deshaun Watson's pending litigation is. I don't know what his, you know, exposure is with respect to to suspensions and things like that. I think what I've read is reprehensible. Um, 
I, you know, I'm not sure how you go forward with that, but it, it, it it's not to me. If, if you're the Bucks or you're Bruce Arians, I don't know that you're eliminating it. I think you're doing your homework on it, but I don't think you're eliminating. It. And then, of course, like everything else, it's about compensation. How much somebody is going to hold you for ransom? Um, but we've talked. You know, we're certainly going to keep talking about quarterbacks. The McDaniel hire is interesting because he's a different cat, man. He is not. He is not the guy. You know, unlike you know Greg Schiano back in the day, he's not the guy out of Central Casting that looks like an NFL head coach or sounds like one or necessarily coaches like one. Like he's very cutting edge sort of analytics dude. Um, but apparently, I mean, this Shanahan tree, Kyle slash all the way back to Mike and the Redskins is really the hot ticket right now. And that's what everybody wants to find someone um, that has worked, you know, under Josh and, well, Jeff Darlington posted a portion of Mike McDaniel's resume from 2005. Mm-hmm. Career objective. To continue my professional development toward the goal of becoming a Hall of Fame NFL coach while contributing my experience, knowledge, and character to an NFL organization in pursuit of a world championship. Hall of Fame. He said that back in 05. Not, yeah. Most guys would just go, I just want to be an NFL head No, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. NFL head coach. Pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Seen some press conference with him. He's interesting. He was talking about they were talking about a a specific play and somebody asked, you know, why they pitched the ball directly behind the quarterback instead of running a toss this way or that way. And he explained it so well. He was like, Great question. You know? And he talked about how the keys for the linebackers of defense are this or that and how they're trying to be less predictable. He really explained it well. I mean he has a great way of of talking and communicating, which is, you know, part of the, half of the job, really. If you can communicate with your players what you want them to do, if you can tell them why you want them to do it and how it's going to help them, they'll buy in. Well, this guy's great, but but not, you know, not not a big name, obviously. I mean, a name that is in the Shanahan tree, but not somebody who's been a former head coach and all of that. So, you know, seems seems interesting to me that they uh, they went that direction and. You know, God love them. We'll see what happens to the Miami Dolphins. This is not. This is a tough year. This is you know nine openings, and um, of course, not a great track record with minority hirings. And you've got, you know, you've still got good coaches out there. What it looks like to me, because I don't think, I don't know this, but I don't think that the Saints are going to hire Josh McCown, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Byron Leftwich. But what it looks like to me is that Byron you know, is going to come back to the Bucks, And I think that's going to be big, but it's also going to depend on who the quarterback is. If he's working with a young guy, we saw him try to work one year with Jameis. Um, mixed results at best. They would have liked to have had him back, or at least Byron would have. You know, we know that uh, Clyde Christensen would have liked to have him back. And Todd Bowles coming back is huge. I mean, to get your coaching staff back, I think, is big for free agency. Mm-hmm. I think it's big if you've played in this defense or this offense and had success. Now, ultimately, you go where the money is. I mean, that's usually what's going to determine it almost every time. And there's no Tom Brady. You know, Tom is fully now into pitching his, you know, Brady line, uh, clothing line, and all of that. But I do think. I think it's going to be good for Bruce. You know, Bruce is committed to coming back, and if if he has his same sort of CEO role and has all his coaches with him again, 
That's a really good staff, and they they may still lose a guy here or there, but that's that's a really good staff to have back, especially when you got all three coordinators, you know. And I think those guys will be head coaches one day. I hope. I think Byron will for sure. But you know that that's the the headline if you're if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan is that all these jobs now are just about filled, and it doesn't look like your guys are in it for the remaining three. Uh, so that's a good thing. Did you catch any of the Pro Bowl? Did you see, how bad has that game gotten, man? Just go ahead oh. and put the flags on and let's play flag football. I mean, really. I mean, it's not embarrassing. If you just do that and just call it what it is, it's two-hand touch and mm-hmm. sometimes not even not even two hands. I mean, this thing, listen, back in the day, I was fortunate enough when the money was rolling and we had, you know, lots of it as a newspaper industry um, I remember I, I was sent to the Pro Bowl. I mean, I was sent to Hawaii. Tough assignment, right? They got, I think at the time, six or seven players uh, into the Pro Bowl back in the 97 season, 98 Pro Bowl, or you know, thereabouts, uh, February of 98. And, you know, that, that was a year. There was there, I think that was a year where Mike Shula got fired at the Pro Bowl. Like, they fired the dude. He's coaching the NFC offense on a Wednesday and the Glazers want him out. They're not happy with him. The Bucks have lost a bunch of, you know, postseason games in Philadelphia. He didn't score any points for two years. And, you know, Dungy was like, no, I'm, I, I went up to him. I said, Hey, there's all this noise back at, at the Bucks back in Tampa, half a continent away about Mike Shula and how the owners aren't health happy and they want him out. And, and Tony was sort of like, well, Last time I checked, my contract says that I get to hire my coaching staff. I was like, yeah, but what if? You know, like, what if they make this a sort of an ultimatum? You have to fire me. He goes, well, then I think I would walk. I was like, whoa, what kind of story am I sitting on here in, in Hawaii? And then, of course, um, at the end of the day, Mike Shula did leave. He did. He resigned or was fired, whatever. He told the coaching staff, hey, look, they want me. I'll go. But to go from, you know, from Hawaii back to Tampa as a fired coach is a little, seems a little harsh. Um, but the Pro Bowl, man, even back then, like you, there was tackle foot. It was still sort of tackle football. Now, oh my God, it looks like a bunch of guys walking on glass. I mean, I've seen walkthroughs that have had more intensity than what they're doing out there. You know, there's barely contact. And look, I get it. Who wants to go out in a Pro Bowl in Las Vegas or any place, you know, one week before the Super Bowl and you go too hard and all of a sudden you turn a knee you tear an Mm -hmm. mcl or an acl or you separate a shoulder after a big hit nobody wants that right there's a certain etiquette and it's just hard in football to throttle down so much i mean it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. and they knew to me they talked about this a few years ago when it was really bad and they said look guys we're gonna have to try to play some brand of football there has to be some semblance something we can recognize as nfl football out there now they're back to two-hand touch uh, it is why do rough. they have I mean, why not just make in in, in enhance the skills comp do more skills competitions i uh, agree get creative and you know forget the game part of it the game doesn't mean anything it's an exhibition totally anyway agree. if you're yeah. not going to play football and i get what like I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt no. i'm okay if they put the flags on and do flag football but call it that instead of what yeah. they're doing yeah um but I would rather just see, let's come up with more creative skills games. I mean, you saw the NHL All-Star game. They had a blackjack game where, you know, Steven Stamkos is shooting, trying to hit cards to get to 21. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hanging up there, you know, some skill. I mean, it was creative way to include blackjack in Vegas and, and that. 
you know, figure out how we can do that in football. Do you know, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I don't have the answer necessarily, but you know, something that would be more entertaining than what that was. Everything was out in Las Vegas this weekend, and uh, but one thing that's coming here to St. Petersburg is the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding. And it happens February 25th through the 27th. They got that beautiful 1.8-mile, 14-turn configuration of a racetrack there through the streets of St. Pete, circling uh, Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Dally Museum, and, of course, ending up on the runways at Albert Wooded Airport. For information and tickets, please visit gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. The Bucks did show up a little bit. I mean, they had mm-hmm. seven of their nine players that made the Pro Bowl were there. Tristan Wirfs was out in Hawaii, but he couldn't play, obviously, because of his ankle. Tom Brady did not chose not to play. So uh, of the ones that did, Antoine Winfield Jr. with, I guess you would call it a pick six. I mean, no one really tried that hard to tackle him, but he made a nice little fake pitch and, and ran one back for a touchdown. Mike Evans mossed somebody, again, badly, uh, for a touchdown. That was fun. So, you know, you had Jensen and Marpet out there blocking. I mean, it was a, a good time, I guess, had by all. I'm going to guess that, I mean, can you imagine this? So Las Vegas, of course, you know, Sin City, City of Lights, City of Poker Tables and whatnot. Can you imagine, Steve, what those casinos look like when both the NHL and the NFL All-Star Games were there? I'm going to wager that even if you even if your team won the All-Star Game, you're probably coming back a little in the red <laughs> because I can't imagine what those casinos were like at night with those high rollers there. Or the nightclubs, if you just ask Alvin Kamara. Oh, who ask who? Uh, Alvin Kamara. You may not even realize. This. Oh, I did see this report. Arrested on battery charge at a nightclub on or Saturday night was the incident. He was arrested on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, put someone in the hospital apparently, or they're you know claiming that he was the the assailant. Yeah, it's uh, the stuff I was reading didn't look very good. They picked him up like it sounded like right after the Pro Bowl. Yeah, charges of battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Yeah, is the charge. That's that's bad. That's not that's not the weekend Las Vegas that you want to remember. You know, mm-hmm. um, and Kamara is such a big piece of that New Orleans Saints team. You just again, you don't know player conduct. We're a long way from convicting mm-hmm. the guy, but I'm just saying. No, uh, we know they don't need a conviction to suspend no. him for some games for player mm-hmm. conduct. So. Absolutely. That's right. And if you're going to have those things out there in Las Vegas, and I know they will, simply because, you know, Allegiant uh, Airline Arena and all that is state-of-the-art, and they like to get events and the new facilities and stuff like that. But Las Vegas is going to come with its own sort of, you know, pitfalls. I mean, there are some – there. there's no shortage of ways to get in trouble out there, and obviously Alvin Kamara may have found one of them. But that's that's a tough venue. I know they players say they enjoyed it. I mean, they had been in mm-hmm. Orlando for a couple of years. They said they really enjoyed being in Las Vegas. Of course, I still think that you should not play a Pro Bowl that's not in Hawaii. That's my personal opinion. But it's very expensive. Aloha Stadium's kind of falling apart and all of that. That's the bigger issue of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's hard to do things in Hawaii, believe me. It's a lot uh, easier for the, them to do things in NFL facilities. That's correct. That's correct. You know, just like, you know, that was one of the when the the Blue Jays were trying to find a place to play because of COVID and not crossing the border, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was trying to find major league baseball ready facilities or facilities they could get close enough to because of all the infrastructure that's built in those stadiums now. From right. medical stuff to the technology for, you know, speed of pitches and stat cast and, you know, all that stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into it. It's easier for NFL events to happen at NFL stadiums because of that. Whether, you know, in, in Hawaii, Orlando's got, you know, it's, uh, you know, Camping World Stadium hosts many mm-hmm. events and has a lot of stuff, but it's not up to NFL, you know, what the NFL does all the time. So uh, it's harder to put events there now when you have these yeah. nice new facilities that have such great infrastructure for everything the NFL needs to do or baseball for baseball stadiums and, you know, NHL and NBA for their arenas, et cetera. Well, we're going to see the new ones a lot. We're going to see Las Vegas. We're obviously going to see SoFi. I think, you know, this will be the last year that the Combine's in Indianapolis. That might be moving to Los Angeles. Yeah, they said they're around. bidding that. They're, you know, going to move yeah, that around. They're going to bounce around. Could move it around. It could be back in Indy, but. Yeah, I think they're going to bounce around. Well, we may have a new stadium in Tampa Bay, according to the Tampa Sports Authority. You know, I saw that, like, okay, so you need to explain this to me. So when they did the studies for the two-city option, they also tossed in, well, let's see, what would it cost if we just built the whole thing that they wanted, which is some semblance of a retractable roof stadium. If you're going to play all your games here, you're going to run into some summer Mm -hmm. thunderstorms, so you need uh, something to protect that. So, Ken Hagen, I mean, I don't know if those guys, they had a commission at 900, am I hearing 900 million? Is that what it So, costs? the Tampa Sports Authority commissioned a study mm-hmm. about the two-city plan and, and building a stadium, where, how much, et cetera. Right. At the same time, according to Ken Hagen, he and, and probably others insisted, let's study both a part-time stadium or, you know, half season and then a full season stadium. Let's, you know, if it gets to that, we'll already be done instead of having to commission another study. And so they released that results on Sunday. They think they can build a dome stadium or a roof stadium, not necessarily a dome, but a stadium with a roof. I don't believe retractable for $900 million in Ybor City. It looks like they were, according to the study, the K4 site there in Ybor, on the north side of Ybor. Um, so they think they can do it for about $900 million. Which is about the cost of what the, the original Ebor Stadium was from a couple years ago, when the Rays had that three-year window to talk to Tampa. Came out with the stadium plans two plus years into that three-year window, and it never materialized. Well, I mean, listen, if you can resurrect the Ebor site, I, I love it from a location standpoint because mm-hmm. of so much of the populations up here in in Tampa, mm-hmm. um, North Tampa, whatever. It's certainly you know, more than you have in that little peninsula of a peninsula of St. Petersburg. Although, I don't know if you read John Romano's column. And I look, from an aesthetic mm-hmm. standpoint, there's no better place. I don't know that they can do this. And they have talked about getting rid of this airport at Albert Witted for years. Uh, I don't know how much traffic there is. I don't know really what the city gets out of it. It's le- literally one of the most valuable parcels of land in the city because it's on the waterfront. Uh, you know, just uh, what I guess it would be south of, of the old Alling Field where the Rowdies mm-hmm. play and all that, or Alling Stadium. So, you know, if you if you build a ballpark there, it would rival anything that you have, you know, in, in some of these other major, major league cities in terms of how it would look, uh, whether that's San Francisco on the water with, you know, McCovey Cove and all of that. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's a gorgeous spot. 
But as you pointed out, Steve, when we were talking about it, you're not really changing the dynamics of the population of, you know, people coming across the bridge of what it comes down to is corporate support. And I know these, you know, bunch of people in, in Tampa and business had gotten together and written a letter or signed a letter, at least uh, sort of agreeing with or advocating or supporting, if you will, the two city plan with Montreal before it got shot down. Those same businesses need to go out and buy tickets wherever they put this damn thing. And, you know, that's that's the way baseball works best is is if you have corporate support and then you have your walk-ups and stuff like that. Um, but it is encouraging on both fronts that they, you know, uh, that there's a chance they could resurrect the, the Ebor site. And then, you know, they're not they're not ruling out at least uh, St. Petersburg uh, entirely if uh, if it comes to that. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think it needs to be in Tampa and we'll see if they can do it. One thing that St. Pete does have is the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete, and that's presented by RP Funding. And it kicks off Florida's spring break season with some really high speed excitement. Now, it's going to be February 25th through the 27th this year. So visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. It's just another racing season starting right here in St. Petersburg. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And then, of course, in Las Vegas, uh, this was on Saturday. My little girls could not miss this. It was the NHL All-Star Game. But on Friday night, they had the skills competition, which was really cool because, of course, you had a bunch of Lightning players involved in that. Victor Hedman wins the hardest shot. I knew he had a hard shot, but, man, he, he let, let a couple go at about 103 miles an hour. 102.7, I think 103.2, the two fastest shots in the competition. Yeah, that was fun. And then you had uh, Vassie's, uh, they did the, the, the goaltending, what was it called? The, the save streak streaks. with uh, save Campbell streak. from Toronto. They were the d- division. Mm-hmm. They paired up together. They did nine saves. Mm-hmm. And then Stamkos well, took second in the, I think they called it NHL 21 in 22 or something. It was the blackjack cards. Kind yeah. of a cool, different take on an event. Yeah. So he it took was second. Neat. The precision that these guys have, and they did this thing, and uh, the Lightning didn't have a player involved in this. They did this thing out on the fountains of, I don't know, it was Caesar's Palace or mm-hmm. one of them where they were shooting pucks across the water. But the precision they had, like even the thing Stamkos did to take out these cards that were, um, you know, out in front of them a good ways and, and, and sort of played blackjack by targeting face cards, aces, dines, whatever you needed, was was simply amazing to me. Simply amazing. The guy, I tell you what, uh, and then they got to the All-Star game, and, of course, the Atlantic Division did not. They bowed out in the first round. They've never won the event since it went to three-on-three. Isn't that crazy? With all the great players in the Atlantic Division. Yeah. You know, Bruins and Canadians and Maple Leafs and Lightning and Panthers and all those players have never won the the All-Star game. Yeah, and it's a nice check if you win it, but they did not. Um, The guy, okay, here's who... Uh, everybody's seen this. This has gone pretty viral. 
took my heart away. Steven Stamkos's little son is so adorable and looks just like him, by the way, right down to the flowing blonde locks. It's crazy. And, and they did the, they did the post game, I think after, uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday. And he just, he just wanted to ride the Zamboni and he, he kept saying, not ride it. He wanted to drive it. And so Stamkos is, Oh, you know, it's what's great is having my son. And he goes, I want to drive Zamboni, please. But he was so he polite. Just, it was so nice. It was like, I would drive Zamboni, please. He just kept saying it. I was like, oh, Steve's like, I gotta go drive Zamboni. It was so cute. Oh, my God. If just, they don't have him driving the Zamboni at the next Lightning home game. He's got to, right? The Zambaby or whatever it is. I don't know what they call it there. Yeah, they had that little, that little baby one. They put him driving. Yeah, he's got to drive one. He's got to drive something, man. That kid is adorable. And I can't. And, you know, they, they, they had him. He had him on the ice on, um, I think it was on, on uh, I think it was Saturday Friday. or Friday. It was Friday. Friday or Saturday. One of those days, he was out there skating with him, and I thought, that's it. That That's a hockey player because he's, he really doesn't look like he can walk that well. He's two. I'm sure he can walk. But there he was on skates at two. I'm like, think this dude might play some hockey or what? You know? That Too was, cute. That was though. awesome to see. Yeah, oh, that, that is Just, one of the fun things about – the Pro Bowl, the the you know Major yeah. League Baseball star game, NBA, all, you know when their families yeah. are there and you see the kids and yeah, you know, that part's really cool. That you know they that they get to spend those moments, especially with their kids, um, around all the other athletes and that. It's just it's really cool to see, and all all the sports have that in their All Star games. I mean, the families are very welcome and wanted, and and it's awesome to see. So yeah, and that's that's the uh, you know that that's when it's fun for the players too. Now you know obviously. Stammer's kid still looks like he's two, but as they get older, but you can still share the experience with them, and that's that's just really fun um, going to those games because you you know you give up your break, you give up your days off to to go to Vegas and perform in that stuff. But they put on a good show. I like, I, I you know I'm not crazy about the the three on three and the way they do it with divisions. I mean, it was never great five on five either because again, you don't want to hurt people. There's it's a contact sport, a collision sport, all of that. So these these all star games are bad. The only one that resembles the game they play is baseball. You know, I can I can have a guy go out there and and let it go for three batters or one inning or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's still batter versus pitcher versus a bunch of really good gloves behind you. And it's a baseball game. It is. It's a baseball game. The rest of them mm, don't really resemble the sport during the regular season at all, and for good reason. You're just not going to hit guys. You don't want to tackle guys, um, get them hurt, you know, in, in a Pro Bowl game. It should just be a flag football. It should just be two-hand touch. They have skills, too. And then same thing with the NHL. I mean, you know, how much, you know, how much ice time do you want for these guys? How, how, how many, you know, it, it's hard on the goaltenders to begin with, but if you're going to play three, you know, periods up and down the ice with the kind of elite skaters they have, what's, what the scores were outrageous, right? You get like you know twelve to ten scores after a while, but we were talking so this, this week the NHL All Star game. And I didn't realize this years ago. <clears throat> used to be the first game of the season, and really? it was the All Stars of the year before would play the Stanley Cup champion. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, and it used to be at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, so you would play the Stanley Cup champion against the All Stars, which is kind of a cool idea. There was a time uh, in my lifetime where. The NFL would have a team 
sometimes a Super Bowl team, that would play a bunch of college all-stars in an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fun. I mean, obviously the NFL you know team has all NFL players and the college might not, but it was something that they did, you know. Well, don't we have three NFL basis. teams in college already? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Maybe That's Georgia. True. Maybe there's four now. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and, Rick, as we're taping this, there's some breaking news out of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The Canadian... Russian Olympic Committee, which they don't have. Russia doesn't have a team, so it's the ROC. Their hockey match is delayed by 60 minutes at this point, or Canada's asking for a 60-minute delay. Hmm? The Russian Olympic Committee or the Federation's medical staff has not released the team's COVID test to Canada, and Canada's refusing to take the ice. And the Russian team was in quarantine earlier for COVID. So uh, the the match may or may not happen tonight as we're we're taping this uh, a little before midnight on Sunday night. So now this is men's or women's women's men's? women's hockey. Oh, women's okay. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a development. Yes, it's the been Russians a... will not release their COVID tests. <laughs> well, not like them to withhold anything. They're no. pretty forthcoming, as you know. <laughs> Very transparent society over there in the Soviet Union. Um, that's disappointing. I mean, listen, it, it, in, in some ways. This has been a horrific Olympics for a lot of athletes that have been. I've been reading stories about how so many of them can't go. They literally can't leave their rooms if they're not competing or not practicing. Um, food has been hard to come by. Like it's a mess, and you know, obviously during the pandemic makes it worse and all the 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 you know the protocols they have over there. So now apparently it's delayed until further notice. Ah, uh, yeah. And USA Canada is supposed to play in less than twenty four hours. Time to bang those it. Are USA. By far the two, I mean, those two programs are so far ahead of everybody else in the world. Oh, yeah. What, the women won eight to nothing over Sweden? Is that what it was? Something, Something like that, like? yeah. Yeah, they're powerful. Really good team. So, yeah, a lot of Olympics uh, going on. My wife's been watching the ice skating, which you and I don't completely understand. <laughs> we'll talk about that Apparently. later in the week. Yeah, it's funny, man. You had a good take on that. We'll get into how you judge or how you don't judge. We don't know what we're watching half the time. <laughs> Just remember, though, we do know what we're watching in St. Pete on February 25th through the 27th. It's the Firestone Grand Prix brought to you by RP Funding this year, and it is a uh, terrific event. Uh, it kicks off the spring season of events here in the Tampa Bay area. You won't want to miss it for uh, ticket and information. Tickets and information, you can go to gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. Dot com. Thanks for listening uh, to us, and we'll be here tomorrow, of course, with the podcast uh, and on through the week. I don't want to forecast what we're going to have this week, but I think, Steve, I think this is going to be a big week for us. Yes, podcast. we're going to have lots of mailbag questions, so please get those in. Plenty of those. Yeah, you can send those to us uh, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. i got those rolling in. Of course, a lot of Bucks questions, quarterback questions. Tom Brady cranking up his new clothing line. It's uh, He's already started, man. He's on to his next life. So a lot of fun. A lot of fun with that. Anyway, for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.